We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college. It's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? I don't have a clue. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Paul Hamilton's reports brought to you by Equitable Advisors, thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we've got this. Sabres out west, they open their road trip with a loss to the Kings, and Paul is on the Western Hotline. Good morning, Paul. Hey, guys. How are you? 5 2, Paul. How bad was it? Well, it was 10 minutes of the second period. I mean, uh, the Kings got their first goal at the nine-something mark of the second period, and uh, they finished their their four-goal outburst uh, about the 19-minute mark, give or take, somewhere in there. So it, it reminded me, it's been a while since they've been like this. It, it, it happened really against Calgary, too, where the beginning of last year when – they would give up a goal. Next thing you know, they'd give up three goals in three minutes. They would panic. And it would happen almost every time. It's like, oh, we make a mistake. Oh, no, well, we're in trouble, you know, type of thing. And I haven't seen that trade out of them in a long, long time. And that's what it appeared. You know, they were they were okay in the first period. The shots were 7-5. They were they were doing some things that weren't great. They were trying to, you know, well, the Kings were all lined up in the blue and they're trying to carry it through three guys and turning the puck over. But they really weren't giving up any real phenomenal scoring chances either despite doing that and turning the puck over. So, you know, they, they uh, it wasn't like the Kings had all sorts of great scoring chances or anything like that off it. So, all right, we are 0-0 at the end of the first period, nothing special. At least you calm down from the, the Calgary game, and maybe you might call it a pretty good road period. I mean, they were all right. And then, you know, you've played the first half of the second period, same same type of deal. Now I'm starting to think, boy, this is starting to look like the game in Buffalo where it was 0-0 at the end of 40 minutes, and, you know, then then the Sabres really turned it on in the third period. But, nope, all of a sudden they give up the shorthanded goal, and, and that really – you could see that coming from the beginning when they had the, the the power plays. They had their first three power plays. They didn't have a shot, hmm. and the Kings are really being aggressive on them. They're really coming at them like the Flames did, and not giving them any time at all to make any decisions on the power play. So they were trying to force things, and you 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 just could see it coming. And sure enough, uh, Oposo turns it over, kind of a blind back pass. And the Kings come down and score the shorthanded goal. Next thing you know, they got a power play goal. And next thing you know, they got four goals. And you're basically sitting there going, well, that's that. I mean, you know, that kind of ended it for them. So now you got to sit there and try to say to yourself, well, all right, let's at least try to salvage a period out of this thing. So you can maybe build on that and go into the Anaheim game on Wednesday. And I thought, you know, it's like, all right, 
now they're starting to get their game back a little bit. And, of course, Los Angeles is, has a four-goal lead. They're basically just trying to get the game into the garage. But still, I mean, at least you can now sit there and say, that's better hockey. That's the way we're supposed to play. You know, instead of trying to skate through, the, you know, five guys standing there, you know, get, just get the puck in behind them. If you put them in the right place, you, you're going to go get possession. And that's what they were doing. And then they were getting in the forecheck, and they were getting pucks and people to the net. I mean, they almost got within two goals with about five, six minutes left uh, to go in, in the game. And, uh, you know, then anything could happen if, if you're able to get that, that goal, and they just missed that getting that goal. So and they did score a couple of goals, you know, to make it five to two. So, you know, all right, now you can at least say you, you, you shook out of it a little bit. As I said, it doesn't matter that the Kings are in, you know, let's just get out of here and get on to the next game mode. You still maybe got to your – they changed the lines back a little bit. That was the other thing, too. There was just zero chemistry with the new lines in, in two periods. I think he went with it too long. I mean, it was very obvious it just wasn't working at all. And I, I, I think he did go with it a little too long, and, and he did change back in the, in the third period, uh, at least for two of the lines. And uh, that, that was good to see. Maybe that was one of the reasons why they played better in the third period. The new lines, that's Thompson on the second line, basically? I mean, I know we don't number lines, but that's th- Thompson moved. Yeah, especially especially uh, <laughs> the way they, they had those things, those lines put together. <laughs> Who knows what numbers they could have been lines nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. <laughs> but yeah, Thompson was uh, Cousins was centering uh, Tuck and uh, and Skinner. Uh, t- uh, Tom or uh, yeah, Tate Thompson was with Middlestat and um, I'm going by by memory here. I'm sorry. And uh, Oposo, right? Thank you. Yeah, yeah Middlestat and Oposo. So, I mean, they did. It was a drastic change. Something that. Don Granado hasn't done much of. He hasn't really had to. There was no reason to really switch up the lines all that much. Uh, I mean, you know, as as they went along. So it's not like Lindy Ruff or actually most coaches. Most coaches change lines quite a bit. And Lindy Ruff was really a guy who did a lot of that. Um, you know, Granado is pretty well settled on lines and stayed with them. After that Calgary game, I. I don't know. That's one of the things I like about Don Granati. He's willing to try things, and he tried it, and it didn't work. I just think he he waited too long with it. That's all. I I think he should have gone back to it before he actually did. Paul, you mentioned you know the Kings played a a similar way that Calgary did, like coming right at them. Are are we seeing a different way that the Sabers are being defended and or attacked, or you think it's just a couple of games where two teams kind of had a similar style? Yeah, and I was talking about the power play, basically the way they gotcha. came at them, and um, definitely it's a little different way. They don't they don't want to give them any time to get set up, and the Sabers they obliged. They got frustrated. They were trying to force plays, and you know, and Los Angeles would get the puck, throw it down, and as I said, Buffalo's first three power plays, they didn't even get a shot on goal, and quite honestly, they didn't even come close. I mean, they, they would if they did get set up, the Kings were on them so quickly, and you know they would turn it over, and the Kings would send it down the other way. So that's something that's a big thing that they got to work on because I think teams now are going to see that. So now they're going to get pressured probably by everybody 
and they got to learn how to be able to handle that pressure, and I'm sure that's one thing they'll be addressing in practice today. They gave up two goals, the first and second goal, within three minutes of each other, then the third and fourth goal within 30 seconds, and the Calgary game was that too, right? It was just like one after the other after the other. Do, don't we feel like that's new, though? Like, is that a new phenomenon to you that they're just kind of getting run over in bunches here and it just feels like the sky is falling within like a three, four-minute stretch? It's new probably in the last year or so. They did it almost every game for a while, way back like in the beginning of last year where where they were having problems. Um, you might even go back to the year before, right before they went on that streak to end the year uh, where, where they where – you know where they did so well in in a thing in a bunch, but yeah, remember they used to do it all the time. One goal would go in, go uh oh, and they panic, and then three minutes would go by, and three goals are in or four goals are in, and you know that was the end of the game. And it's like, when are you guys going to get over this? You know, it's like one bad thing happens, and it's like they can't handle it. It's like they they get really so fragile. But it's been a long time. You're you're absolutely right. It's been a really long time, over a year, since I've seen that really rear its ugly head. And they just, you know, in both games, I mean, you you had, in four periods, you had two four-goal periods against mm-hmm. and one three-goal period against. And then you had the first period the uh, yesterday where they didn't give up any. That all happened in four periods where you got outscored 11 to nothing. You know, you opened the score against scoring against Calgary, so you got the two goals. Then you gave up twelve, and then you scored two goals. So, it, it, as I said, you got to go back a while. You know, as I said, maybe the beginning of last year to sit there and figure out when the Sabers gave up twelve straight goals in a couple of games. Paul Hamilton joining us on the Western Hotline. Paul, one thing that they could definitely improve in, and this is not just season or like this last couple of games, it is season long. You know, the power play betrays them for a little while. Okay, they've got a top five power play. They have a bottom five penalty kill. It's mm-hmm. been a problem all year long. They gave up two power play goals last night. What about the penalty kill do you see that is missing something? What's the biggest problem they've got in that department? Yeah, part of it is... Um it's just that they they seem to get running around at times, you know, when, when they get into their own zone and that leaves open spaces. Teams realize that if you can get them moving, now you're going to get some open looks. And they also, it's, it's, an, it's an awareness thing. Because when it was really bad when Samuelson and the whole group of defensemen were out, and they got Jost off waivers. One of the reasons they did was to help the penalty kill. And Samuelson got back, and Yoki Haru got back, and it did seem to improve for a little bit. And then it started going downhill again. And, you know, it hasn't helped where I've seen Samuelson a couple of times, like not realize there's a guy right on the doorstep behind him. And, you know, I've noticed that, that, his play, one of the reasons, and I'm not blaming him at all, I mean, to say one of the reasons things have been going a little bit south defensively is he hasn't been quite as good recently either. Um, I don't know if it's his first 82-game season in the NHL, which is a thing. Sometimes, you know, rookies that are in their first NHL season, just, you know, it's they when they get into these games, uh it's it's a, they're trying to slog through a little bit. So, 
I'm definitely not blaming him, but I don't think he's been playing quite as well as he has had earlier in the season. But uh, a lot of it, you you know, you got to get a big save. Sometimes they're not getting a big save, but other times they're just allowing guys to to get to the net. They're not covering them. They don't realize a defenseman is coming down the slot. Uh, It's like, uh uh-oh, where did he come from, you know, type of a thing. So uh, a lot of it is just uh, awareness of passing lanes, not taking the right passing lanes away, and just allowing those things to to happen where – some of those goals are just, you know, tic-tac-toe and you get tap-ins into the net. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. All right, Paul, they're they're drifting a bit. They're not out of a playoff race yet. The teams behind them are getting closer and the playoff teams are getting further away. They've, they've had a couple of stretches like this, right? The eight-game mm-hmm. losing streak. And they've had their troubles at home. I guess the question is, how important is it for them to respond and, and stay in this thing? You know, one of the scenarios that could happen is, they continue to drift, and they don't finish close to a playoff spot. I'm sure they'd still be happy with growth of the of the young players and locking up the core. But what will the message be, I guess, from them on the importance of the next month and a half? It's very important uh, to to stay, and that's the thing. It's not a panic time. I've I've been saying this the whole since the eight game losing streak. It's it's really tough when you got at the time. I believe there were nine points out with five teams ahead of them, and that's the problem. You, you've got to count on too many teams to consistently just kind of go in the tank for you, and you have to, like, keep going. And they had that great stretch, which got them back into it, and they got to within a point of the playoff spot. And if you went by points percentage, they were in the playoff spot. And, you know, they had done a great job, but – this is this is hockey. This is 82 games. You're not going to play 82 perfect games. And you knew that this was going to come too where all right, they have a little bit of trouble now. Now they've lost, you know, gone 0 3 and 1. Only picked up one point in their last four games. The Detroit Red Wings are red hot. I mean, there it was about a week ago you look back at the Detroit Red Wings, you weren't even thinking about them. Here they are. You know, so that's the thing. Everybody's not going to tank on you. So you know, where they just keep going backwards and backwards and you just keep going forwards, and that's the problem. It's a ebb and flow. You, know, you spend all this energy to get up there, and you're there, and you got games in hand. And the games in hand are fine, but you got to win those games in hand, and that's not, that's not easy. And now, okay, you've had a little bit of a slip, so now you go down a little bit, and you didn't play a lot of games for a while. You had your bye, and other teams were playing because they already had their bye. Now they're taking advantage of it, and they've come up on you. So, and and it'll switch back. You know, when the Sabers will get hot again, and they'll now they'll they'll be getting their points, and you know they'll start a a, a trend up. But one thing I, I can tell you, if this home record doesn't start getting better, I just don't think they have any chance. They 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 have to start playing better home. They can't keep giving away home games uh, and and points in home games and expect to be in the playoffs. That That's the one thing they have to figure out. And finally, Paul, not sure if you had a chance to see the whole game or highlights. Thoughts on Devin Levi. He had the uh, shootout win in the bean pot, had a huge save at the end of overtime in the three-on-three. He is um, he's a fun goalie to watch. I'm going to go far, so far as to say that. Joe pointed out he, he looks small because he's not one of these giant goalies, but he's quick, and I also think he plays with some attitude out there, which mm-hmm. is always fun. Huge 
upset wins, and the reason Northeastern won those two games in the Beanpot was because of him. They take out the number three team in the country and the number nine team in the country. And he just had great games, and as you said, he has an attitude. It's like, you're not scoring on me. I, You know, in the back of his mind, he knows that they don't have the better team. But when you have a goaltender who just slams the door and frustrates the other team, uh, you know, and then he gets into the shootout, and again, it just frustrates the other team. And you could just see how how just ecstatic he was. I mean, here Northeastern and Harvard in the final of the Beanpot, this Beanpot's been going on since 1952, and it's never happened. How with four teams has it never happened? It's just four teams. But uh, Boston University and Boston College are so good, they're they're always dominating the thing, and they're in it some way, shape, or form. One of the two or both are in it. But it's just amazing to me that just by fluke, those two teams had never faced each other in the finals until this year. And uh, but a lot of it was because of Devin Levi and and how well he was playing in goal for them. Why they won those two games and won the Beanpot. Sabers next up. Anaheim Wednesday. Thanks, Paul. Take care, guys. Paul Hamilton stayed up late and watched that game, so you didn't have to, or if you did anyway, that's okay. Paul's report is brought to you by Equitable Advisors. Thinking about today and planning for tomorrow, and by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Marty Baron a little bit about Devin Levi and the Sabres and the deadline, all that as well. When we get back, I want to talk about NFL, NFL officiating and the controversy. I thought you laid it out pretty nicely yesterday, Joe, that it was really controversial in the moment, and then it Everybody calm down a little bit mm. about that holding call. It still is um, rippling around the sports world, so I get into all the problems that uh, the conversation about that holding call bring up. 803-0550 to join us here on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.